0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, it's time for the penultimate. I don't get uh, many opportunities to say that word. The penultimate edition for this year 2023 of Tech Tuesday it's Tuesday morning only two shows to go this is the first of those two and Stephen Sykes is with me we're near the finish line for the end of the year Stephen can you feel it
1: oh yeah can't come soon enough in terms of the end of the year I'm looking forward to sticking my feet up and well I would say not doing much but I know that's a lie
0: or doing things that you would choose to do rather than you're forced or have to do
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, okay. I'm looking forward
1: to that. that.
0: Good luck with that. Okay, so before we talk about some of the um, news stories, because that's kind of how we're going to go out. We'll get back into the you know the big uh, single item topics next year, but um, as we go out this year, let's uh, just keep abreast of some of the tech stories that are out um, at the moment. But always like to check on the feedback first. Have we heard from anyone, Stephen?
1: Just one person, and. and- This uh, ticks the box for quality over quantity. Jax writes in and she says, I love Tech Tuesday with Steve and getting so much more educated and empowered than I thought I was in this area. Cheers, Jax. So thank you, Jax.
0: Sums it all up. All right. Okay. Well, that was worth hearing and we don't need to hear any more because that will do. All right. Let's get into these stories. Now, what's this about Japanese engineers improving internet speed? Is this like a wow story? That is a wild story. So
1: um, Japan's National Institute of Information and Communications Technology, or if that sounds like a mouthful, just call it NICT for short. Okay. uh, um, They have um, created a type of fiber optic um, which has allowed them to create a massive, mind-blowing 22.9 petabytes per second
0: of traffic. Wait wait Uh, on. How much is that? I'm trying to. Okay, I know what gigabytes are? How how far up the line from gigabytes is that? Well, if we start from the
1: beginning, we've got bits. Then we get bytes. Then we get kilobytes. Then we get megabytes. Then we get gigabytes. Then we get terabytes. Just had to get one in. Then we get petabytes. Petabits per second through a single optic fiber. And to put this into perspective, this is more than twenty times the entire. Global internet traffic, I said global
0: yeah. per second. <laughs> Let that sink in for a bit. Wow. Okay. So, how have they done this? That'd be a secret, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, they do talk about it in, in, in the paper, um,
1: which they, they release actually um, in November the 30th, the Japanese version. Was released um in October they basically do large scale space division multiplexing technology and then they um combine that with multi band wavelength division multiplexing technology using an eighteen point eight terahertz
0: transmission bandwidth okay well, that explains it then that's the summary yeah, if you think of it as a highway, is that like sort of like a thousand or a million lanes all running? Or just widening, wi-
1: yeah, w- yes, something like that, and, and widening yeah. the lanes. So, which instantly this new number of 22.9 is um, more than double their previous world record, which was 10.66 petabits per second. But they discovered that each uh, core in the fiber cable could transmit data between 0.3 and 0.7 petabits per second. So then you chuck them all together, and then you end up with 22.9.
0: But that's extraordinary. So we can imagine, gosh, a world where could you even have that amount of data that you would need to move in any situation? Even though that's the potential. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about media, you'd be going to such incredible resolution pictures, even just to to nudge on, on on using that bandwidth on, on you know pushing it. You'd never push it, would you?
1: Well. Never say never. Yeah. Do you remember the number one computer lie ever is you'll never use all that disk space. You'll never use all that
0: memory. Yeah. Neck minute. Neck minute. You do. Like, why can't I get more on? Um, But still, I suppose if you're going down to almost the atomic level of information, you might be able to start maxing that out. But that's incredible.
1: It, it, Smart it's, people,
0: um, eh? Smart people the Japanese.
1: This is so fast. This will make what we ha- have now like dialing up a, a BBS system back in the 1980s when it was, uh, it blew your mind when you could like type at your keyboard and then somebody somewhere else in the world would have that text show up on them. And it was ridiculously slow, but at the time it blew our tiny little minds. Yeah, um, And now it's just going to Go, go and happen again.
0: Well, I remember being excited about a 128 kilobyte video stream. Yes, and even I mean, then it was choppy. And now, uh,
1: <laughs> it, it was like sometime during the 1990s that you know um, dial-up modems got faster, and there was the introduction of 56K. And there were two competing technologies: there was uh, the Times Two and the 56K Flex. If you had ideal phone line, you might get close to it. Um, but, of course, if you're in the Wellington area, you would have had the opportunity to get cable to your house with Saturn. That's um, right. Saturn had that first, didn't they? Yep, And you could get, I think they had two speeds and off 128K and 256K.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I remember using it at a friend's house. And I'm like, whew, that was quick.
0: Yeah. That's where it all started. Back then, you it, imagine it, it, sitting on your couch with your big screen watching 128K still. <laughs> of course. Sorry
1: the, I interrupted you. No, no I just had the thought that, you know, some people might have really high speed fiber to their home now and then be paying more than they need to because they're disconnecting their devices through wireless. So um, the wireless. Yeah, which slows it down again. Exactly. So that becomes a bottleneck. You've got all this fast fiber connection, which is twiddling its thumbs. And if you're just basically um, scratching the surface with its potential by connecting the stuff over
0: uh, wireless, of course, there's always a lag time between the invention of something and you know its application in the everyday world. How long do you think it'll be?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, if we start seeing a real need for this, for this to be applied, then I, I guess somebody will make it happen and come up with the money from somewhere to make it happen. But yeah. P- potentially, this might be requiring relaying of cabling um, in in the oceans and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, then they'll find a way, they will find a way to get around that. Um, Elon Musk would have to deploy a whole lot of new Starlink satellites.
1: Yep, to keep up. And in fact, that speed of 22.9 petabytes, the researchers reckon they can crank that up a little bit more and get to 24.7 petabytes. Just with a, doing some extra work on optimization with their error correction. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um. That's over a thousand times faster than what current fiber optic communication systems can handle. A thousand
0: X times. a thousand, X a thousand. Yep. Crikey, okay. Well, um, that's almost like teleportation <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I re- speed. I reckon it'll do the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so there's that. Was, that. That, that, that was is a Star
1: a... Wars reference for anyone not uh, not not seeing that.
0: One of the great lines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we hear about data breaches um, quite a bit. What's this latest one? It seems to be uh, a little bit quirky.
1: Yeah, so uh, 23andMe is a company that um, allows you to uh, look into your ancestry and they've confirmed that uh, they've had – a data breach on
0: 6.9 million users, which... um, Oh, 6.9, all with their what? What sort of information? So uh, pretty much all of it. Um,
1: So the first five and and a half um, million um, were affected by those who opted into their DNA relatives feature, which allows uh, people to automatically share some of their data with other people. And so that stolen data typically, it's got the usual person's name, birth year, relationship labels, uh, plus given the unique nature of an ancestry service, the percentage of DNA shared with relatives, um, ancestry reports, and self-reported location.
0: Useful information. Useful, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, to make up the 6.9, you've got – Another one point four million who opted in um, who also had their family tree profile information access, which has display names, relationship labels, same stuff again. but twenty three me sort of declared some of this as um on the background, whatever in English that means. but um and then, and then last uh, not last month, um, October, they had another breach. This was a bit different because that was from credential stuffing. And we've talked about that a while ago. And credential stuffing, just to recap, is when your username and password information gets stolen from some other system, and then the attacker takes that information and then tries to see what else they can log into with it. So um, back then, you could, um, uh, from the October um, data breach, um there were a few few deals going on um the cyber criminal um said you could buy a hundred profiles for a thousand u s dollars you could buy a thousand profiles for five thousand or twenty grand will get you um ten thousand profiles. but if you committed to spending or getting a hundred thousand or more, you could buy these for the price of a dollar each yeah, and then what can you make from from it? Well, when you know things about people, you can infer all kinds of things, and then you can then go and use that to um, do identity theft, make you say things that you didn't say, break into other systems. There's all kinds of nasty things you can do, and this just keeps happening. And given the, the nature of the data, you know, your DNA information sort of gets pinched. And
0: like, well, what can happen with all that stuff? Yeah, what could go wrong? These... um. Um, sites or services seem to be quite popular. Yeah, they are.
1: And I think Ancestry.com is one of the really popular ones. Well, oh, It is from my perspective because you occasionally see ads for it um, on the television.
0: Yes, you do, yeah,
1: yeah. Which, interestingly, Ancestry.com is actually owned by Blackstone Group, which it purchased for $4.7 billion. So there's clearly wow. a lot a lot of money to be had in this kind of thing. Who's
0: Blackstone? I've heard of Blackrock. Who's Blackstone? Blackrock, Blackstone.
1: Yeah, it's, it does sound similar. So they're certainly um, a Fortune 500 company, um, investment company. They've actually, um, the name Blackstone actually comes from the founders. It, it's a cryptogram. So the, the founders um, are Peter Peterson and Stephen Schwarzman. So they took Swarz, which um, is the German word for black, Um, Peter Petros or Petra, which means stone or rock in Greek. So that's how they came up with with that name. How they came up with Black Rock then? Well, I don't know. It could be something similar. But Uh, Blackstone and Black Rock have um, entered into um, partnerships before. So if you're a little dubious of Black Rock, then you might wish to apply the the same level of uh, scepticism towards those guys as well.
0: Okay, so the data's been uh, stolen, but there's been a breach. But for a company or an organization like Blackstone, and paying what, $4.3 billion for it, did you say? $4.7 billion when they bought well, it, when I they mean, bought how Ancestry. Earn, do- how can you earn that sort of money from it, though? Well, information's power, but yeah, gee, so that's, for, where I was that's a lot of money. That, that's, that's where I was heading, you know, yeah. on the information. Yes, information is power. And I guess you know to have people's um, DNA information and all the connections that go with that—that's even deeper. <laughs> Talk about metadata. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well, you see, the thing with like um, your genetic information being stolen, and unless you were trying, you kind of find a way to transport your soul into another human being. Your genetic information is uniquely you. It's not like it's not like a password theft. We can just go and reset that.
0: When they, when we say genetic information on these sites, is that from um, like a DNA test? Is that like the sort of yeah? So you can the readout, um, the printout from that or whatever.
1: Yeah, so often with these sorts of companies, you can get them to send you a uh, a DNA test kit, and then you take you know um, swabs um, of well, inside of your mouth or wherever, um, and you send that back to them in a, in a special bag so that it's not. Painted and you'd send it back and then they
0: analyze it in their labs. Wow. Boy, is that a sensible thing to do?
1: I've never thought so. I've just, like, I like, mean, what every... could
0: possibly go wrong with that, do you think? Oh, everything. Because you're just giving it up, man.
1: I know. Like there's, uh, there's an implied trust to that kind of thing. And to me, I feel that trust is um, severely out of place.
0: Well, especially when you realise that the people who are providing the service or who own the services have just paid $4.7 for it. Yep. There's clearly money in there. Otherwise, oh, they wouldn't have paid it. And the hardest to get information is that information.
1: Hmm. Oh, dear. You, and then you manage to convince people to freely give it up because, you know, people, people are just curious. I want to know about ancestry. I want to find out who I'm related to and what cool... Historical figure might I be related to, and people get curious. So, yeah. um, curiosity does kill a cat. Whether or not satisfaction will bring
0: it back, who knows? And um, and then there's a data breach, and before you know it, not only do they have all your data, but some other person's now got it.
1: Yep. Yeah. And you see, if if this if this scenario played out in a movie, I imagine the storyline could be along the lines of uh, some. Uh, rogue government uh, organization or employee has connections with uh, the criminal underworld who then goes and pays them to go and break into these sorts of systems to fetch this kind of information.
0: Yeah, and um, they can, what, use your DNA or your special configuration to, I don't know, create the next sort of um, transhuman monster or something like that. I don't know. Jeez. All right. Well, I wouldn't give up that data, I've got to say. I've never been tempted. Never. You'd,
1: if you wanted that information from me, you'd need to prize it from my cold, dead
0: body. Yeah. And and then the DNA wouldn't be that useful, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't Maybe. care anymore at that point. Well, they, they dig up, you know, um, um, old beasts in the permafrost and still got the DNA. So it must depending on conditions, right? Yeah. If you put in a
1: freezer. Well, well, terms and conditions might apply. And then they,
0: you have to keep the and power. And they usually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they always do. You check the small print. Okay. Um, now this is an interesting one. Wi-Fi routers mapping people in yeah. what in the proximity of, of of the router, right?
1: Yeah. So um, this sort of this uh, is kind of about a year old. Um, so researchers at um, I always have trouble pronouncing this the name of this university, but um, uh, so apologies if I mince it. Um, Carnegie Mellon University. Doesn't so, sound too bad. Um, so they've had a system where they are able to use Wi-Fi signals to determine the position and the pose that a humans are doing inside a room, and you don't need any really souped up, fancy, expensive equipment for this usually something that you can buy off the shelf at um, your local computer store is quite capable of doing this sort of thing. And they have AI algorithms which analyze the Wi-Fi signal um, interference generated by people moving around the room. So the images that they've posted, um, think of it like um, 1980s, Computer graphics um, where you have a wireframe of a person showing, you know, the roundness of their head and their, on their limbs. Um, and they're kind of s- saying that um, it's supposed to be um, less privacy invasive over um, using regular cameras because cameras can, you know, see you and um, yeah. usually um, there's no doubt as to what a camera is looking at. So they're saying it's less bad, and they also say that it's a lot cheaper than um, using expensive and power-hungry um, solutions, like using radar and lidar to achieve yeah. this sort of thing. But you can easily go, well, if you're looking at a picture of this, you can and. You can go. Oh, okay. So I can work out that that one, that obese person is John, and that person who walks funny is Mary, and the one who's in his seated position, who's moving around the room as if they're levitating because they're in a wheelchair, is, is Stephen Hawking. It's Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Um, then you can still work out um, people based upon from, that from kind the wireframe
0: pics, right? So yes, uh, and also um, even uh, go back one on that. Um, you could say, "Well, I wasn't in the room," and they will say, "Well, actually, someone was in the room, and it was your room. And
1: it was your room."
0: And, <laughs> so and who th- was it? You don't know who's in your room. Yeah, yeah, yes. But yeah, you start to see. So, is there enough detail, even though it's really low res? Like you said, that you know, the bigger person would that that would show, wouldn't it? You could see that, and obviously the whizzing around on the wheelchair because that's a different positioning. Yeah, there'd be enough to show that. There would, and the the other thing is that um
1: this will work perfectly well in the dark, okay, all right, so you can have all the lights off um, and whereas a camera, unless it's in you know has infrared uh, vision on it um it wouldn't see you, but this will work in the dark just as um, equally well in the light so there's no hiding um I take you there that- is. You can just generate um, an alternative Wi-Fi signal to interfere with it and to really confuse things. Okay, but then you have to know what you're doing. And you're also adding uh, more EMF soup.
0: Yeah, to to the area, which you're you're sort of bobbing around in. So uh, if that's AI generated, so the machine learns more and more, and I take it, the um, detail of the picture over time, it's better It's greater is it well it'd be interesting to see how
1: this would work with say um, people using five gigahertz frequencies if they were using wi-fi versus the older
0: 2.4 because that's I mean, more detail right more information well,
1: yeah you've got a higher frequency so but the thing is with that is that it works over shorter distances compared to 2.4 2.4 you get lower bandwidth and data throughput but it works over greater distances so, um, your
0: rooms aren't very big usually, usually,
1: but you know, um, maybe in uh, certain work environments, uh, warehouses, halls, oh, yes. conferences, that kind of thing. I was at work,
0: yeah, I you was, weren't. yeah, now no, I remember. Weren't. No, you weren't. I've got the thing here from the Wi Fi, and there's no one in the room when you say you were at work, yeah, yeah, whatever. But okay, that's just another way to be spied on, yeah. Thank you for alerting us. All right, Um, and to end on, what's PlayStation been doing with, have they been deleting shows that people thought they were getting when they they paid up their money?
1: Yeah, so this is a reminder that when you sign up to certain services and you think you you pay for something and that you think you own it, no, you don't. Ownership's an illusion. So... PlayStation has taken away um, hundreds of discovery shows that people already purchased. So they actually stopped selling, um, or they stopped uh, providing people with the option to buy stuff back in August, 2021. And they sort of did this because, you know, the massive growth from um, all the different streaming services that are out there and sort of keeping up with it um, and that sort of thing. And, so in some ways they're kind of over a barrel because um the licensing agreements with um that Sony had with some of the contents um providers has sort of come to an end. So um, end of December, 31st of December this year, the remainder will disappear. They've they've um taken away um other things that people thought they'd bought, like uh, the movie Paddington um and Hunger Games. Um, which they did last year. Um, so if you want to make sure this doesn't happen to you, go buy it in Blu-ray or a DVD.
0: The old the old school way, though it wasn't yeah, the, that old not too long ago. One yeah. of the
1: things that really irritate me still, and I would have thought this would have been an obvious problem at the beginning, which I, I can't see anyone actually, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, has solved, is that when you sign up to one of these any of these streaming media services, and particularly on TV, um, they advertise, oh, we've got this movie, we've got these shows, and then you go and subscribe and then you watch it. And then some, and, and that's fine. And then later on you want to go back to it and watch it and like, oh, I've taken it away. It's gone. I can't see it anymore and then you want to watch this show, oh, this streaming provider's got it because their licensing allows them to, but this other one that you've got purchased later on doesn't. So what does that mean? Do you go and buy two or three or four streaming services don't just buy to watch any. stuff?
0: Don't oh, buy any. Be like me, just just don't buy any. I don't have any either.
1: But it's like, well, they have the streaming services in order to try and get around people downloading. Yeah, they're they
0: like well, on the deal.
1: Yeah, uh, to prevent people from downloading um, illegal copies of all the stuff from the internet. Well, hang on, you still haven't taken away the frustration of it.
0: Okay, Stephen Sykes for our uh, second to last penultimate um, edition of Tech Tuesday for 2023. Good to chat again. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.